Hello and welcome to the Absolute Game of Nerds. This is episode number nine, where Rohan and I are going to discuss our top covers for the Golden and Silver Age. These are our opinions, and as people know, opinions are like, you know what, these are, you know, everyone has one. So uh, you're welcome to add your comments throughout or, you know, and, and touch base with us. But uh, we just want to discuss the covers that we like most, and uh, that's our show, so we can do that, right? That's so. Right. Uh, <laughs> So Rohan, but you have a big announcement. Uh, well, we have a couple, but we'll get into one initially here, and uh, maybe you'll announce the other one later or at another time. But go ahead and. Uh, uh, yeah, so I, obviously this is going to drop in, in two weeks. This episode, so this will be old news by the time you're listening to it. But it'd be kind of fun to really discuss this initial um, thoughts here. But uh, so James Gunn, literally like a few minutes ago, just announced the initial uh, eight to ten year plan for the dcu and kind of announced their initial slate now he did say this isn't uh there are things that he can't talk about but you know he kind of gave this is the main points and i'll tell you guys you're about to watch a grown man cry because jp in the eight to ten year slate he did not mention lobo at all oh my gosh that's ridiculous <laughs> so you and all the omega men three uh investors it's dropping it's dropping, dropping as we speak it is crashing the hot uh, it's like Facebook Lawrence, stock. You know, we just interviewed Lawrence. If you know, he's got that hot 10 video and it's at the top every week. It has been for like several weeks and it's, it's about to just. Well, what, all right. So what do you announce then? Cause that's. Okay, so, uh, so he said that there are a couple first off, like he called them like uh, amuse bushes, I guess you can say appetizers. Um, so one is it. So all the shows are going to go via HBO max. I think HBO max is going to be there kind of Disney plus. Um, so the first one is actually an animated one, and it's called, and I've never heard of this, it's called Creature Commandos. Uh, I think the important takeaway at this point is he said when he was talking about it that there's going to be animation and there's going to be live action. What they're going to try and do, though, is keep those consistent within uh, the story, the greater story. And like, if you have so-and-so actor in the live action, if there's going to be an animated version, they're going to hope to have him be, him or her be the voice in the cartoon um, and you know, as they go back and forth, um, so it kind of seems like kind of like how Star Wars had like their movies and then they had like the Clone Wars animated series, like those do kind of go in continuity, I think. Yeah, um, um so I think that's kind of their idea. Um, so the first one, like I said, is, is Creature Commandos, uh, and then the next one, the other appetizer is it's called Waller, I think he said it's called, but it's oh, a Waller, a uh, woman from Suicide Squad teaming up with the Peacemaker team, he said. Uh, and that'll be a live action HBO um, series. Uh, and then the big and out the, the next one where we said this is kind of the start of the real DCU, uh, the big announcement. And this is also the only one he gave a date for, but it is Superman Legacy. Um, and it's going to be focused on Superman kind of dealing with both the human side and the superhero side of, of his life. Uh, what I thought was really cool is that he said that he is he is writing it himself, uh, which I think has promise. And I, I did also read that they're hoping that he does direct uh, this Superman movie. Uh, I don't know. That part's not so, but he is writing it. There is no casting of Superman yet, or at least announced. Uh, but he did say that this will be in theaters July 11th, 2025. So we're still a couple of years out from kind of the real DCEU um, universe. Um Next up was another um, HBO show, live action, and it's called Lanterns. 
Um, and it's going to have a couple Green Lanterns, both Hal Jordan and Don and John Stewart. Um, and it's going to be a kind of a detective style show, is what it sounds like. He said that they're going to uncover some mystery that involves Earth that they're going to have to deal with. So they're going on that detective kind of. That's thing. a show you said, right? TV, HBO That's Max. A show. Yep. And then the next movie after that he called is called The Authority. Uh, I've never heard of these characters. Like he said, they're from the marvelous. Uh, wild storm characters i've never um never heard of that uh and then after that i forgot to remember what's the name of it it was and then there's gonna be a live action hbo series called paradise lost and it sounds like that's some kind of prequel story to wonder woman i think it's about the amazonian where they come from those like amazonian women and warriors um so that'll be next up and that's a, again a show and then after that the next movie uh, will be the brave and the bold and this one i think sounds super interesting so this is going to be the introduction of the new batman and he you know clarified that he's not robert pattinson this is not ben affleck those are outside the dcu and he said this specific movie will focus on damian wayne who is batman's son who was unknown to batman in the first eight to ten years of his life apparently this is based on a comic book run i have not read it um that he says is fantastic but anyways Robin was raised as like a little assassin killer and then Batman realizes or finds out he's his son under some capacity. And the movie is based on him kind of getting Robin in line to kind of some of his kind of morals, I guess we could say, obviously not being an assassin. Um, so Robin was his essentially that's Robin was supposed to be his kid that he didn't know about. And then, yeah. Tries yeah. To so obviously there's been in comics, right. There's been, numerous robins right there's been dick grayson there's been jason todd and apparently in this comic run it was damian wayne who was his actual batman biological <laughs> and i actually think that sounds really cool just for the fact that like as much as i love batman movies the ones that are good obviously uh, but it's cool that to see that this is a new kind of uh fresh take on on a batman movie which i think is, is really, and in general i thought the most promising about all of this stuff was that it was a lot of just seemed like fresh ideas versus just rehashing and trying to make things good again. Um, so that was cool. Um, next up was, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say rehashing. I mean, I, I agree, but Superman and Batman, the first two movies, we're not going to go Peacemaker, you know, or yeah, yeah, for Lobo sure. or any of that crap. Yeah, like I that mean, yes, so that, but at least, at least there are some new takes on how to, how to. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But I'm like, I was hoping for a completely different avenue to start in yeah. and then bring in those characters, those legacy characters yeah. through that. I mean, as I've stated, again, I'm biased here, right? When it comes to DC, I'm really a Batman and Superman guy. And so when I hear him saying that those are the first two movies, that that is what would get me to watch, right? I'll watch every Batman and Superman movie. Um, so. See, I, I think the Green Lantern thing could really bring in some of their other characters, Space-wise, you know, like Lobos space-wise, there's uh, Martian Manhunter. There's a lot of people that can come in that route. That would be kind of cool how James Gunn does that. So I'm kind of – I knew they were going to make that a movie and or a, a TV show. So I guess he's just continuing that initial setup. Yeah. But it's unfortunate that he's not going to make that a movie because that would that would be a pretty cool start to Green Lantern because they haven't done it right. I mean, Ron Reynolds did his best, but uh, – you know, uh, I'm just kind of shocked that they're going with Superman and Batman right off the bat. And, yeah, uh, I, I think the Lantern show sounds sounds pretty cool. Um, I, I it was like and, and Peacemaker was pretty cool, but I I was hoping for a big movie, a big production yeah. movie. You know, yeah. Um, after Brave and the Bold, uh, I, this one should make you happy though. There's going to be a show, Booster Gold. 
Yes. So, G, I know you just got that book. Millions. Yeah. <laughs> Paying for the kids' college. There you go. <laughs> yep, just like that Superman 75 I have somewhere yeah. around here. Uh, and the next, uh, the second to last one he announced, which I also think this one also sounds really cool, is a Supergirl movie. Um, and he made it a point to point out that, like, Supergirl is very different than Superman, where Superman was sent as a baby to Earth and then, like, found loving parents that raised him up in this, like, great, you know, family nucleus. Whereas he was saying, like, Supergirl, and again, I actually honestly don't know too much about Supergirl's origins, but he was saying, at least in this take of the movie, is based on some comic run where it talks about how Supergirl, her first 14 years of life was, like, on this, like, chunk of Krypton um, that was still around, like, after it exploded, I guess. And so the whole first 14 years of her life, he talked about how all she did was watch people that she loved die and so he was alluding that this is going to be a much more darker like supergirl is not this like bright bubbly it's more like a darker more messed up kind of character because of all the trauma she's had to deal with so i thought that was that sounded super hmm. interesting uh, and then the last project he announced was i think it was a movie i can't remember but he said this is outside the dcu but does feed into the dcu at least some of the ideas i guess uh but it is the swamp thing movie um, and it sounds like that'll be more of a horror kind of genre kind of deal. And it's going to deal with the origins of Swamp Thing. Did you ever see the original Swamp Thing in the 80s? No. Oh, you got to see that. It's actually pretty good. It's cheesy, but good. I mean, it yeah. was horrifying as a young child to see that because it's basically about, you know, genetic things and making manipulating people's genes <clears throat> and what the scientists make. So as, a, as probably an eight-year-old, I was like, some of it was scary, but overall it was a pretty cool movie for for the time. So just like you said earlier, the the Superman and Batman movies of the 70s and 80s held up. The Swamp Thing probably doesn't hold up as much, but you know, being in in the industry that we enjoy it, you might you might find it enjoyable too. Okay. Uh, so so something to watch when you got free time, right? Well, uh, so yeah, I'll check it out. So I mean, what do you what do you, <laughs> I, like? I said, I think this sounds somewhat promising. I like that. How I like I always thought so, that the biggest problem with the DCU is they didn't have a cohesive roadmap of mm -hmm. where they were going and they just were in such catch-up mode to catch up with marvel because marvel kind of started doing that so they just kind of just rushed stuff out there so i like that he's saying like, it's eight to ten year plan this is the roadmap we've been starting to develop it and so that coupled with the fact that i think like i said a lot of this just seems like even though there are characters we've seen it seems like we've got a lot of fresh ideas so those two factors give me hope hopefully execution is as good as the potential I mean, I'm hopeful for it. I'm I'm always hopeful, just like I was for Thor: Love and Thunder. And uh, <laughs> you know that disappointed me big time. Uh, Multiverse of Madness, I was hopeful for and didn't fully disappoint, but um, I thought it was still cool. So maybe it'll be somewhere, but you know, somewhere on the multiverse, uh, Multiverse of Madness setup. I I, I don't understand why uh, Jason Momoa came out of the meeting all hyped up and put stuff on Twitter. What he's I mean, maybe maybe that's one of the things he said. They can't talk about it. Maybe that's some kind of like maybe he's like contractually supposed to be Aquaman for X amount of years, and they can't talk about him being a different character until I don't know. Who knows? Maybe so, after the Aquaman movie comes out and he's done. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they don't want to like trash because he did talk about before he went in. He talked about how we've got the Flash movie, we've got the Aquaman movie, we've got the Shazam movie. Um, he did talk about that, so maybe it is like they don't want to ruin potential you know, profits for the upcoming Aquaman movie. So maybe that is why. I mean, really, yeah. uh, he could turn around next year and, and announce it or after Aquaman. I, I mean, 
the Green Lantern opens up that space thing to bring in someone like Lobo. Not, I mean, it isn't the end all be all of Lobo, but really there's, I mean, quite a big bit of speculation and he would be a, a perfect match for that. But the longer you wait, the older the guy gets. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because he's going to be painted in white anyway. So you won't be able to tell and it'll be computer enhanced in some regard. So it's not terrible. You could still wait and bring that. But I was really hoping for like more of a peacemaker, suicide squad, booster yeah. goal doing some oddball be- a blue beetle those type of movies and then bringing in the big guns so we'll see no pun intended I, yeah <laughs> we'll see we're not gonna have a, i'm not gonna say no i'm gonna see them just like i do just about every other movie and waste my money <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i mean i'll also be i'll also say this like i think if any of us are hoping this is gonna be just how marvel built up to end game I think that set expectations too high, right? Like that was so, I mean, obviously we've talked about this many times before, like that was just so perfect and awesome. Like to, fa- to think that that's going to get recreated again, I think is, is, like I said, set expectations too high. So. All right. As long as they can be consistent and keep coming out, I'm not, I'm not expecting a blockbuster. None of the, besides Iron Man, all those, not all of those movies were blockbusters. Yeah. So as long as they stay consistent and the actors, actresses, don't get into trouble. They can do this for 10 years and it can be viable of a universe to build off of their comic industry and toys. So, yeah, I mean, really prior to the Marvel, to the MCU, did you, we said this before, none of the movies moved the books. Yeah. Yeah. So So, we shall see. Yep. Um, All right. Why don't we, uh, from there, let's just jump into these covers. Uh, We're going to start with the golden age. Yeah, speaking um, of the, uh, the the trifecta here, the the trinity for DC, yeah. you know, and, and Marvel. I mean, where it all started was a golden age. So, yeah. So you want to start with your covers? Yeah, and I think you know, just real quick, I think as JP said, like obviously these are our opinions, and so our favorite covers are obviously going to be probably related to our favorite characters. Not to mention, I'll also say this: like, I, I can't speak for JP entirely, but I'm pretty sure like we are superhero guys, right? And the golden age had so many like. There's a guy, I can't remember what his name is. Um, He's a big Golden Age collector, but he talked about how, in one of his videos I watched that, how in the Golden Age, there was a time when they thought comics were so popular that they were going to replace, like, newspapers and magazines because it was so many and so popular, right? So I only know superhero genres. JP, I don't don't know, maybe you are the same. But, like, for instance, like, I don't know pre-cold horror. I don't know, like, the science fiction comics. I don't know, like, famous funnies and fantastic comics. So... You'll notice in my list, obviously, like I said, when it comes to DC, and DC kind of is a big golden age uh, where they really thrived. So most of my list is obviously going to be Superman and Batman. Um, but I think they're still great covers. I mean, again, this is my opinion. <laughs> so let me add my uh, slides in here. Wait, where are... Wait oh, these, these are mine. These are yours. Uh, remove. Where are my... Oh, let me just Here we go. Did it go on? I think these are yours. No, that's yours still. There's mine. There, there, wait. Yeah, there it is, right there. Sorry about that, guys. All right. Wait, why did it switch back to yours? Add to stream. There we go. Okay, so I'm going to go 10 down to 1 because why not? We should always save the best for last here. Uh, but my number 10 is Action Comics number one. Obviously, Action Comics is 
hands down the most valuable comic there ever is ever will be right it's the first superman he's the first superhero it's the birth of superhero in general nothing's ever going to be more valuable than action comics one uh i dig the cover i think there are better covers in the superman batman and just in the superman realm so that's why it's at the 10 spot for me still it's a dope cover right i mean for introducing a superhero that's a great cover right he's picking up that car uh before it smashes that guy so it, it's a fantastic cover uh number nine this is going to be superman number nine just again it's the classic um superman busting through the page cover i just think it's it's super cool and i actually really like my list is dominated by these superman covers i think so many of them are just like these classic images that we have of superman that have been homaged throughout the history of comics so i just really love um this superman number nine next up i've got captain america one um i think this is awesome i mean i just think about like if i you know i think this came out in 1939 so it's obviously before the u.s got involved in world war ii but world war ii is going on hitler is a known enemy big time and you just all of a sudden this comic book comes out and it's captain america knocking out hitler i mean that to me seems like it would just be like if you were a kid and you were out there looking at the, at the store and you saw that you'd be like i gotta get that comic book um, it's kind of everything you want in that first issue of a comic book. I think it's just an absolute classic cover. Yep, I agree. Uh, Definitely. Numbers. So that's that was eight. So this is number seven. Uh, this is Batman number nine. Again, kind of similar to the Superman number nine, right? Again, it's just a classic Batman and Robin cover. It's just it's really simple, but it's just like a classic shot that's been homaged again, and it just it just sticks out to me. I love these kind of just simple basic covers yeah that's the difference between the last two covers you showed there's a lot going on that nazi cover and it's and i think it's great and i'll talk about that in, on mine as well but then you got simplicity simplicity with batman and the superman books mm -hmm. you know yeah it is uh yeah it's great i think this is uh this is, and this is one that you do i do see this one come up for sale every once in a while i mean obviously it's a few thousand bucks but uh, it's not cheap but it, it is one you can find for sure all right, moving on. Number five. I know this is when Errol showed us. Um, actually, sorry, this is number six. This is when Errol shows that he was able to get when he bought his Superman one. Uh, again, this is like when you think about the classic Superman covers, right? Number 14 sticks out, especially with that, the eagle. And of course, Superman is truth, justice, and the American way. You see that right here in this cover. So it'll always stick out. Again, this is what Errol had an 8 0, I believe it was. Which for this black cover and it being 80 years old, I mean, that is something special, right? I mean, it's a time machine be, book. Yeah, there's not going to be more than 20 of those probably in higher grade, if even that, if not even less than 10. Um, number five, this is Captain America 74, and they kind of titled this Weird Tales. I think this cover is awesome. Again, I'm not a big pre-code pre horror guy, but it's kind of like they combined the Marvel, I guess at the time it was called Timely Comics, uh with kind of some horror themes uh and you have this red skull like i think this is the best red skull cover not that there's like dozens of red skull like with you know covers but when it comes to red skull this cover i think is super sweet and just awesome uh so i really like this one i saw this uh ryan from automatic comics got this and he, he posted a video of it and i think he's in this is in his top five books that he owns now and i think it's, yeah it's 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 a truly it's awesome awesome cover of the red skull 
Uh, from there, we're going to move on to number four. Bam, Batman number one. I think, again, this is just an awesome Batman and Robin cover. Them swinging through, obviously, Gotham. Again, this has been homage. You see, actually, quite a lot these days, especially in modern books. You see, like, there's a Harley Quinn homage of this. And mm-hmm. um, again, very kind of simple concept, executed well. I love it, right? This is a classic, just Bob Kane, who's one of the creators of, of Batman. Um, just an awesome book. And again, this this is going to be kind of the top four books of all time, right? Batman one is one of the top four. It's probably number four, I would say on the list. And you know, the other three were one is already action comics already showed. The other two are about to come up here. Um, so then from there, my number three is Superman number 11. Um, this is obviously another classic just Superman breaking the chains. When we get to the bronze age, you'll see me have a oh, Neil yeah. Adams homage of this, which is Superman 233 where he's breaking the chains. This is where it comes from. Again, it's just awesome. Just like, especially with that yellow, you know, we've talked about yellow covers before. They just pop. And I mean, this Golden Age book with just Superman breaking the chains, just all-timer. Oh, these books used to be white covers and they're so old they turn yellow? Is that what happened? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they're, they've always been yellow. Yeah, yeah, they do pop. Uh, and kind of on that, right, we talked about the top four comic books ever. I think we'll put this one at number three, which is Superman number one. I mean... This thing is just dope, right? I think when you think about like it's the first solo titled character comic ever. It's in that holy trinity of of comic books, um, and it's got everything you want, right? It's like Superman in this dynamic pose. It's got Superman written across the top. Uh, I mean, this is just 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 epic. Uh, so this is my number two of the Golden Age. Um, I love this one, uh, and then number ten. Can you guess it, JP? I'm gonna say Tech Twenty Seven. Not tech, tech 27 did not even make my top 10 list. Yeah, I'm surprising. Uh, but it is a detective comics number one. And this would, oh, if, if I was to create 31. a top list of all time, this would be my number two detective comics 31. And this thing is scarce as hell. Uh, I so Lawrence has a new video out, uh, Lawrence from Mighty Comics. We're we'll talking about his hierarchy of comic book investments. And he talks about supply and numbers. And if I remember correctly, there are fewer of these than there are of Detective Comics 27. I can't remember if that's, if that was, if that's, but I think that might be the case. So double check me on that. But this thing is super rare. There is only one I've ever seen for sale. It's actually on eBay now. And it's been on eBay for at least a year. And it is a 1.0 for $80,000, right? So this is almost a six figure book in any condition, right? And it's just awesome, right? Again, kind of similar to how I said about that Superman 11, which Neil Adams homaged in Superman 233. Again, when we get to the Bronze Age, you'll see another one. It's another Neil Adams homage of this, which is Batman 227. Uh, but I love this, right? This is the this is the original, right? This thing is just dope. Uh, and I think, again, like I think back in, you know, the 40s when this came out, uh, it's just something that you're just like, oh my gosh, what is that on the wall there? I gotta, I gotta grab that. I gotta take a look at it. I just love it. I think this thing is absolutely epic. Yeah, I think it's a great looking cover too. Yeah, I would definitely so, agree. So that's my top ten of the golden age. I'm gonna pull mine off and let JP bring on his. Let's see if this works. And it's not bringing up yours. There we go. All right. So a lot of your books are gonna be similar to mine, and I didn't give a lot of feedback as you're going through them, but you're welcome to say your thoughts as we, as I go through mine. But um, 
again, a lot of a lot of it is when I pick a great cover, I want it to have significance in the comic industry as much as the artwork. So the first appearance of the Green Lantern in All American Comics here, number sixteen. Um, I mean, it's it's you know it's typical nineteen forties looking comic, the Tommy Gun and the Green Lantern in red. Oh, why they call him the Green Lantern? He's wearing red and it's well, so got green pants and a green cape. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't, I never understood why they call him the Green Lantern or just the Lantern. But I mean, he was my dad's favorite character. Not sure if it stems from this particular Green Lantern or the Hal Jordan that we come to had come to know, but just his first appearance, um, the look of these books, the trade dressing, um, the colors pop. It's not yellow, but that blue color and and just the look of that new character, I think, was significant um, in the DC and world back then. And um, and I just think it's a cool looking cover myself. Uh, yeah, I'll add just uh, some info. So again, referencing back to Mighty Comics' hierarchy investments, this was on there. And I, if, again, I believe, again, you can double check this. I think he said this may be the scarcest of these kind of genre of books. Like there is oh, really? very, very few. Like he said, uh, Golden Age Guru Jeff just got a copy of this and it's like the first one he's seen someone get. So I think this is like when it comes to scarcity, this is kind of right up there. Um, and I also add, I think we can all agree we're very much in favor of the costume improvement that they made on the Green Lantern character. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I do have a book. It was, uh, I forget the name of the book that I have here. It's up on the wall here. Um, Showcase, I think, 55, which is the first appearance of this Golden Age so Green Lantern in the Silver Age. So that became a thing for DC and I think especially and for Marvel too. Submariner made his his way into Fantastic Four in that, in that Bronze Age. So, or Silver Age, excuse me. Yeah. All right, next book we got here is All Select Comics number seven, Captain America and Human Torch. You see Bucky in there too, dropping down from the uh, the parachute. This is an I believe an Alex Schomburg cover, from what I gather. He did a great job with the fan, with the Human Torch, and there's so much going on in these books. This World War II theme, I think, just spoke volumes of the country back then. And what was going on and the detail that they put in that you can see in the background these you know the whole war theme was just again you can go simplistic or you can go with a lot of detail and schaumberg seemed to do that the the huge detail on these books and i just think to me it's a cool looking cover there's so much going on i could spend all day like looking at all the little details yeah do you have any of these other kind of style comics on the top 10 list before we move forward yeah yeah as you say there's a number of these and i think a lot of them are Alex Schomburg, where you got Captain America, Human Torch, and even a lot of them have Submariner, where it's like these World War II action. And they're all awesome. They're all awesome. The kind of pick between which ones are better is is hard to do because they're all all awesome. Yeah, I don't really – my list is not more of a top ten. I mean, it's a top ten, but it's not in any particular order. Um, I, I saw these books because I have a Marvel Age encyclopedia or Marvel comic encyclopedia that I got in the 90s. And a lot of the beginnings of Marvel in that book showed these pictures. So – I've I've grown to to, to know them yeah. in a sense. I don't remember the issues exactly, but I just know the the look of them. So I just thought there's so much going on. Such a cool looking book. Yeah, and just for for those that may not know, this Human Torch, which you see throughout the Golden Age, is not Johnny Storm Human Torch from the Fantastic Four. Right. Yeah, this is so a um. He's an android. So he's an android in these Golden Age um, uh, books, whereas Johnny Storm from Fantastic Four. You don't know him in debut. He doesn't debut until Fantastic Four number one in 1961. So this uh, um, 
Human Torch is a completely different Human Torch. Yep. And I don't know if they ever put the two together later on in, in the Bronze Silver Age or not. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I as far as I know, I mean, and I it by no means definitive, but like I think once the Golden Age is over and they bring out the Fantastic Four, I think they got uh, this Human Torch is kind of done. With, unless, unless I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they've yeah. ever been brought together. I don't think so either. I think you're right. But again, comment if you if we're wrong. We like to learn. Yeah, yeah. Correct we us can. if we're wrong. Please do. <laughs> All right. Next slide. Yeah. Your tech 31. Um, again, not much more to say about it. The trade dressing itself, I think, is cool. And, and given that they've redone these, I, I have a, a Tech Comics uh, 27 a reprint. And getting that they've reprinted these so many times, it, to me, it doesn't look old, you know, except the, except the lettering makes it remind, you know, I know it's a 1939 book or 1940 book, but they've redone enough times that it almost looks newer and the color you know, if you got an older one, it's kind of faded. Then maybe it looks old. But if the if the color's decent, it can it looks to me like a new book. Yeah. Um, but again, it's not eighty year old book. Um, you know, Batman in the background of the mountain there with the moon. It's just um, an overall cool book that's been like you said, homage a few times um, yeah. recently. So another Schomburg cover. Look at that one with that submarine or or whatever that uh, Nazi monstrosity is there, and the Human Torch is just you know burning it up. Um, it's a cool looking Nazi flag in the background. Um, you know, it's just, it's just an overall lot going on, a huge amount of detail. Um, I just think these books were cool, way cool back then. And uh, I, I'm not a collector of these because they're probably out of my price range. But if I ever came across one for a decent price, I'd probably, any of these on this list, I'd grab of this Nazi World War II era um, just yeah. to have any, you, any grade. If you if you are on like I said if you look for books on Instagram, these kind of World War II era Golden Age books with Captain America Human Torch, um, Submariner they come up quite often. Like I'm not necessarily the exact same one, but like of that genre, that whole slew of them, like you see them quite frequently. They're not cheap, but they're available. Like they're out there. Like you, if you if this is something you want to collect, like and you got the money, you could go get these. Not I mean not maybe not all of them, but like there's a number of them you can definitely collect. Yep. All right, next book, you already had this, Captain America. Again, uh, Hitler, Nazis, Captain America, punch him in the face. Um, it looks to me like a newer book because they've redone this one with that trade dress. So to me, it, it throws me off because I knew it as an old book. Now they've done it so many times on brand new books that it doesn't look like. I mean, the printing back then looked old, right? It was the it was the style. And now they've redone them enough times that it, it doesn't trigger my brain as an old book anymore. But all the stuff going in the background just makes it a cool book. Bucky's down there saluting, goofy looking Bucky with that. I don't know if it's glasses or a mask or what he's got going on there, but like a Robin kind of eye mask. Yeah, but it's definitely a, a cool book. Uh, uh, one thing on this too. So obviously, when you think about Silver Age Marvel, which is this is Golden Age, we think of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. This is Captain America number one, which came out in 1941. This is Jack Kirby, like so he he started it all back in. I think Stan Lee started on captain america i want to say like number three i'm not again that she can check me uh correct me on that if i'm wrong but this is definitely jack kirby uh which i think is really cool yep uh not sure if this is schaumburg cover but i mean it's submariner he's a monster looks like godzilla right and there's kind of that look before that even was a, a thought i yeah. mean maybe in the 50s i think godzilla became a thing in japan but uh, or maybe maybe a little later on and timeline there but that's what it looks like to me some huge submariner beating something down uh it's a cool looking book 
a little yellow trade dress there uh, or background. And I just think it's a, you know, makes him look like a monster, even though he's, you know, not that, that big, just the way they displayed him was pretty cool. Yeah. So, all right. Next one here is tech 27, just the yellow pops. The, again, that detective comics trade dress is big. Uh, Batman looks better in this, this outlay than tech 31. Cause he has much bigger ears, but, might have just been the way they drew it, um, but it's definitely a cool-looking book. Um, just known for us for all these years as just, uh, you know, first appearance of Batman. So it has some uh, meaning to it as much as the artwork and the, you know, the setup of the book itself. So Yeah, and I think was uh, kind of a cool tidbit about these early Detective Comic books. I think it's like 12 or 13 Detective Comic issues, which was the intro to Batman, before they introduced Robin. And so the pre-Batman before pre-Robin, pre these are a much darker toned Batman and he, owned, he used a gun, um, which is obviously something that Batman doesn't do anymore. And so I know like hardcore collectors, like these pre Robin detective comics issues with Batman are like, I mean, obviously tech 27 is obviously hugely collectible, uh, but like that entire like 13 run issue is like a big kind of thing for a lot of hardcore collectors. It's where Robin went and ruined everything, right? Yeah. They turned him into more of the family style, campy style kind of, kind of character. Yeah. All right. Next one, Human Torch, uh, number five. I mean, another one with so much going on. He's fighting Submariner. We got like the Atlanteans down there, or, or uh, what are they called now that that we changed it? Tele oh, telecons. Oh, uh, telecons. Yeah. Telecons. So there comes a Human Torch, just punching it, and it's starting to melt already. And why the Submariner needs to be in this mechanized thing is beyond me because he can fly and has superhuman strength. So. It, it was the whole dichotomy of the water and fire against each other is what they portrayed these two guys at as they fought throughout the, the 40s. Um, just a cool looking. I used to love drawing uh, the Human Torch myself. I made it my own character's name, but it was it was that I loved the way this was portrayed as just flying through the air and burning things. I just thought it was cool. It was uh, cool you looking. know, I, I just point out, too, what's kind of fun with these is like you've you've had now a couple of these kind of war theme covers. The like uh, mechanized uh, contraptions they have are all quite quite interesting and funny to look at. Like it's kind of a tank, but it's kind of not. And it's got like there was that other one with like it was like a submarine, but it had like a hundred different rounds on it. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like definitely some imaginative uh, war machines going on in these books, which I think is pretty cool. Oh heck yeah! Now definitely a cool looking book. The trade dressery in black with Human Torch written in yellow and red. It just it pops there too. Good looking book. Um, and we got whoop sorry yeah, a little preview there again this book has so much significance to the world of marvel comics the human torch which looks nothing like the previous pictures human torch he kind of looks like he got long hair and he's almost a ghost but in in fire uh but the cool thing is he's burning through a safe and uh marvel comics is written again that looks way old to me it was obviously They've redone that a few times, but still that type of trade dress just screams the 30s to me and 40s. Um, it's 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 cool looking that he's shooting the, this guy, whoever this guy is, is shooting human torches. He's burning through a steel safe, but he's going to shoot him with his little bullet and it's going to do something to him. Uh, but it's definitely a, a, quite a significant book in, in history here. Yeah, and it's got, so this is the first human torch. It has some Mariner, although the first Submariner is actually in this book called Famous Funnies 31, I think it is, mm -hmm. uh, which is also another thing that's like a ghost out there. You can't even find that. Um, and then Kazar, 
um, who pops up again in the X-Men 10 in the Silver Age. Hmm. Yeah, that's right, Kazar. I've seen a lot of his books from those, the uh, Silver Age. And last book, Superman 1. Again, it's just... Uh, I didn't put Action Comics on here. I do love that that cover. It's been homage a bunch of times, but it doesn't pop to me like this book does. Superman's... Yeah. I don't know if he was flying yet or still jumping. No, this know, is jumping. He doesn't building. jump. He doesn't jump. I think until the like, or he doesn't fly. Excuse me, until like issue twenty-eight or thirty something. Or yeah, he's definitely just leaping, leaping over tall buildings here. But uh, just overall, pops the colors, the trade dress. Um, again, it's a great looking cover. So yeah. can't beat it. I know there's more valuable books and more historic books, but not many, not by much. Yeah. So. Real quick before we go on to the Silver Age, so we've talked. You've talked, mentioned the term trade dress. Um, that's kind of the title at the top is what we talked about. When we said trade. Do you have a, of the non-character title ones? So don't include Superman or Batman, obviously. But so you've got like Action Comics, Detective Comics, and then on the Marvel side in Silver Age, you got Tales of Suspense, Tales to Astonish, Journey Astonishing. into Mystery, Astonishing Tales, Strange Tales. Do you have a favorite trade dress? No, I think it, I mean, I wouldn't say I have a trade dress over any of those because they did all kind of different looking ones like All-Star Comics and, um, you know, what what was the one called? All-Select Comics and Mystic yeah. Comics. That's another one I put down, Mystic Comics number six, um, which was uh, Stan Lee's first superhero. If you look that up. Um, but no, I wouldn't say one of them I like more than the other one. It's just kind of how the overall book looks. And I do have a more of an affinity towards all those, the war books with, all that detail going in there because there's so much art yeah. in there. I think it's cool. Uh, oh, amazing fantasy is obviously another, another, another one of those, in that, that kind of genre. I would say uh, just real quick. I really dig journey into mystery. I think that's just an awesome title. The trade dress often looks great. So that, that would be my favorite one of those. I mean, I, I like the detective comics one just because it overall, how it, cause I, I'm used to that, I guess, but they all look so old to me that I'm not impressed with them because they don't look like they were a whole lot of effort was put into the title but the art is different, right? There's a, there's a detective, so detective comics came out before action comics one. Um, and so I can't remember what issue it is, but there's a detective comics that has the preview or like the, a page. It's like, and coming next in action comics one, this, you know, Superman or something like that. It's like the, the preview. So I know that's like a detective. It's like before 27, obviously. And after, I don't think it's in one. I think it's just like, I don't know, somewhere in the middle there, but that's, that's what people talk about a lot. All right, let's move on to my Silver Age list. And again, we'll start from number 10. So again, I have my ordered from 10 to 1. Again, I could definitely rearrange some of these, but this is kind of how I went. Um, so this is Amazing Spider-Man number 39. Uh, this is actually John Romita Sr.'s first uh, Spider-Man in title. His first drawing of Spider-Man was actually in Daredevil 16 which I love that cover. It's a gray background. And then Spider-Man and Daredevil fighting across the city are in color. Uh, but this is his first work on the actual Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man title. Um, what I love about this issue a lot or the most is the color, uh, like the color palette in general. I think it just like really, when you, if you were to see this book on a wall and you were scanning a wall of comics, this book will stick out because of those colors are so bright and so vivid. And I think that makes it really cool. Um, and obviously it's not kind of covered because uh, Green Goblin has, has ripped off uh, Spider-Man's mask there. And I think in this issue, they learn um, 
each other's though green goblin learns that spider-man's peter parker and peter parker learns that green goblin is norman osborne moving on number nine hulk number oh no sorry this is tales to astonish 93 um and this is both hulk and silver surfer i obviously am a huge silver surfer fan as you guys know um, this cover was done by Marie Severin. I think it's it's just perfect. Like I love that the flames and the orange. Um, plus, I, this is one of my favorite like illustrations of the Silver Surfer. Um, this is a cool one to read. If you ever get a chance, you can obviously just look it up online. You don't need to actually have the comic book. Um, but the story is that the Hulk is like sick of being this outcast, and he demands that the Silver Surfer takes him off planet to some other moon or something like that. But there's also the time when Silver Surfer, because of when he betrayed Galactus, was still confined to Earth. So he couldn't. Mm. Um, and But he's trying to convey that to Hulk, and Hulk can't understand him, and they end up brawling. It's, it's, a, it's a cool little issue. Um, again, and Marie Severin, I think, is a very underrated artist from this time. Like She's got a lot of great, great covers, um, and this is my favorite of hers. So moving on to number eight. This would be Hulk 1, as I was initially saying. So again, this is, again, Jack Kirby classic. Um, and this, this cover has been homaged numerous times, even within the Hulk run itself. Um, what's funny about it, right. Is it's gray Hulk on the first cover, right? You don't see green Hulk until Hulk two, the next issue. And I believe this is gray only because green ink was either very expensive or was not available. Something in that capacity. It wasn't that they wanted, I think it was like green was not available for them. And so they had to go with gray on issue one. Um, regardless, I think it's an awesome, uh, premiere kind of cover. Um, I, I, I think it's really classic. Yep. Uh, from there, number eight, this is my favorite, uh, early Thor journey into mystery. Again, I talk about journey into mystery is kind of my favorite trade dress. Uh, I love these covers and you'll see this again later on. I love when the Bifrost is on the cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, sort of corny and campy here with how they have loki drawn but i just think with the bifrost and with thor and you have owen there in the background i think this is such a cool cool issue and it's not this is one that i don't see for sale very often like i'm sure it's obviously out there but like i rarely if ever have seen this cover out there to set, to buy so i think this is this is this is this is an awesome one um moving on from here oh and this is again jack kirby uh obviously on this one did you check your phone real quick check my phone your text text messages real quick oh yeah got it i'll i'll uh move here real quick uh so then from there amazing fantasy 15 not much to say here first spider-man right awesome epic you know intro to spider-man daredevil 43 this is i think one of my underrated covers as well jack kirby i love the fight between him and daredevil and just the way cap's uh hand punches through it almost makes it look 3d so i I think this is a very undiscussed cover when it comes to greatest covers Uh, another kirby classic this is the first crossover of characters of different titles which is fantastic 412 the hulk uh encountering the thing and the fantastic four for the first time this is a cool one because again the entire background is gray and then the characters are in full color. Yeah, I like that. I always that one pops too for me yeah. just because of that. Uh, and then we got Fantastic Four forty nine, another Kirby classic. Um, I just think this is an epic cover, right? Yeah, this is the first full appearance of Galactus. This is also the first cover of both Galactus and Silver Surfer, and he's 
you know, coming in hot on the Fantastic Four. Uh, again, there's another one where the colors really stick out vibrantly on this one. I really dig this one. Moving on to number two, an absolutely iconic, in my opinion, the most iconic Spider-Man cover, Amazing Spider-Man 50. It's the first appearance of Kingpin. Classic storyline of Spider-Man No More, and then just this epic red cover. This is what, if you get the hold, I mean, you could stare at this thing for a while. I mean, it's just awesome, right? And this is John Romita Sr. again here. I think he kills it on this cover. This is a simple cover, but it mean, it goes a long way, right? Yeah. More yeah. so than this other one. Yeah, this is one of my top pickups of 2022. I absolutely love, love this book. And then my top book of the Silver Age. I think you're not going to be surprised here. Again, I'm a big fan of the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer number four. Again, as I talked about earlier, we got the Bifrost. Surfer's coming down. In my opinion, too, this is the best illustration. I've mentioned on a previous episode, the best illustration of Thor in my I love how Thor looks here uh, with his helmet and his face and stance. I think it's great. Um, this is John Buscema. Um, I, I just think it's it's just absolutely epic. And then this is we this would be my top in my top three all-time favorite covers. Um, this would be right there. I would agree 100 percent on that. Yeah. Um, it's a great cover overall. I, I agree with the way Thor's drawn better than I think anyone else have ever drawn Thor, Thor at that time. And uh, it's just overall, it's a great book. Bifrost yeah. pops to me on the bottom too, um, like you said earlier. But but yeah, hey, I think we're going to cut it out at this point of the, of the show. And we're going to start next week with my top Silver Age because I think mine are slightly different. But we're going to have a lot of the same books um, but by all means, like we said before, hit us up on the uh, Instagram, the Facebook, or we're not on Facebook, but Instagram with any questions or on YouTube with any comments on what we said here, because these are our opinions, but we expect you to follow them. And we are uh, the top dogs when it comes to the comics. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, just our opinions, you know, like we could talk all day about this kind of stuff. Yeah, get, and, and comment what your favorites are, right? And also, you know, we made some statements. I said, by all means, correct us if we were wrong enough. Like, you know, use the comments, let us know. We always like to learn. Um, so, you know, hit us up. Yeah, definitely. Again, we appreciate it. Peace out to everybody. We'll catch you on the next uh, on the next pod. But we appreciate everybody watching. All right, later, guys.